Well, hello and welcome to the Brian Hornback Podcast. This is episode 21. 21. We're now legal drinking age in the state of Tennessee. And I guess in America, I guess. Anyway, uh, do want to welcome you here to the Brian Hornback Podcast. As I've said before, uh, we are heard on Apple Podcasts. We're heard on Spotify. We're heard on Google. We're heard on Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and uh, iHeart. Uh, podcast, uh, and also on Anchor FM. You probably hear Anchor FM um, periodically because that's one of the first ads on the Brian Hornback podcast, and we do appreciate the good folks at Anchor FM for giving us a place to produce the podcast, a place to uh, host and store the podcast, uh, and um, they do an exceptional job. So if you're looking to be in the podcast world, uh, Anchor FM is a great place to start. So Check out Anchor FM. Before we really get started, um, I want to start breaking up these um, these good friends of BrianHornback.com. As you know, uh, the Brian Hornback podcast is really uh, just another venue for BrianHornback.com. Uh, it's a it's a local op ed, um, political news, views, and whatever entertains Brian Hornback. Um, and um, it's been in operation for sixteen years. Uh, started on August the 9th of 2004, uh, and so um, that is uh, BrianHornback.com. And uh, so a couple of folks there at BrianHornback.com uh, that, that help keep the lights on at BrianHornback.com are Matlock Tire Service. They are East Tennessee's uh, family-owned uh, for more than five decades. Um, small business, family-owned business. Matlock Tire Service, East Tennessee's number one tire and auto repair um, service center. Uh, they have five locations, Lenore City, uh, Maryville, Athens, Tennessee, Farragut, Tennessee, and the new one in Hardin Valley. So um, if you uh, need new tires or if you need your uh, car um, serviced, you need to go see my good friend Jimmy Matlock, uh, Joe Matlock, his son, uh, Reagan Matlock, his other son, and all the good folks at Matlock Tire Service. Uh, the phone number for the one in Farragut is 865-966-0425. Also, if you're a businessman in East Tennessee or businesswoman uh, and you need insurance, you need to call my friend Lou Moran III at Interagency Insurance um, here in Knoxville, Tennessee. They're located on Bomb Drive, but Lou will come. Lou or one of his folks will come to you. Uh, so you can find them at interagent, just type in on Google interagency insurance, Knoxville, you'll find their website, which is enter, um, agency insurance.com. You got to put a hyphen in between the R and the A of interagency, um, and uh, check them out. They can write uh, insurance in 38 States, uh, been in operation since 1966 when the, um, the Mr. Lou Moran, uh, the second started interagency insurance. And uh, their phone number is 865-637-4519. So how y'all been doing? We are toward the end of, uh, this is the last week of February of 2021. Uh, a lot of things going on in Knoxville, uh, in East Tennessee. Um, again, we're still on BrianHornback.com. We're still talking about the 975 doses of um, of Pfizer vaccine that got disposed of. That's the health department's words, disposed of. 
Um, we're assuming they're out of the Chestnut Ridge landfill, uh, but that's an assumption. Um, Knoxville, uh, Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs uh, decided to enlist the um, enlist the uh, services of Pew CPA uh, to do an investigation into into the missing or the disposed of vaccines. And, uh, and then uh, Dr. Martha Buchanan has since called in um, the um, KPD. So KPD is doing an investigation. Uh, Pew CPAs is doing an investigation for Knox County. And so we will see where that goes. Um, but um, anyway, uh, that's kind of going on. Uh, they're, they're refu- now that there's uh, been some backlash about it, there's been some... some um, uh, some folks that, uh, not, not real, not real pleased with the situation. Uh, now they're not talking about it because it's under investigation. Um, Pfizer has come out and said that there was a signature, uh, for the actual, um, for the actual, um, delivery of those vaccines. Uh, you know, there was some speculation early on, uh, that maybe the vaccines didn't even get delivered. Yeah, well, that's, Please, that's not going to happen. Uh, I'm I'm convinced the vaccines were delivered. Um, I'm convinced that something happened. Uh, obviously, the own the health department itself has said something happened. Um, Doctor Martha Buchanan says that they were disposed of. You know, my question to you is: if you've got a job that pays you minimum wage, pays you twelve dollars, pays you fifteen dollars, or pays you twenty dollars. Uh, at the Knox County Health Department. And I don't know what, I don't know, and none of us in the media know what the actual procedure was for these for these vaccines. But if you have a job at the health department and your job is to accept deliveries and you, ex- and you know that you've got a pandemic going on and you know that you're getting in vaccines, um, you know, you're getting vaccines in, in a box and you're getting dry ice in a box and you got to keep these Pfizer vaccines down uh, below a certain, you know, so much below zero. And you get a box in and you think, well, that could be dry ice. But if, if you think it might be dry ice, then you should also, I would think, by a reasonable man's approach, think that, yeah, it could be the vaccines but you just ditch the box in the dumpster because you think it's dry ice, but you never open the box. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Anyway, before I digress much more on that issue, let me say that um, the folks in rural Tennessee, the folks that health departments are run by the state, by the department of health in the state are doing a phenomenal job. A phenomenal job vaccinating people. They're doing a phenomenal job vaccinating public school employees in Knox County. I know many public educators, many employees within the Knox County School District that have gone to numerous counties around Knox County because the health department was not prepared for such a time as this. Let me repeat that. The Knox County Health Department was not prepared for such a time as this. 
one thing that a health department should do is to be prepared for whatever might come. And they've had 10 or 12 years to prepare for this pandemic. And they weren't prepared. And they disposed of 975 vaccines, which has a value of over $19,000. But we have public educator, public employees of the Knox County public school system that have traveled one hour, two hours away from Knoxville to be vaccinated by the Department of Health in the state because the state runs all the other, the state runs all the health departments in all areas except for six. Um, and so the state's doing a phenomenal job. Kudos to Dr. to uh, Bill Lee, Governor Bill Lee and his Department of Health um, director, uh, Dr. Percy. Phenomenal job. For those of you in Knox County, let me repeat that. The State Department of Health is doing a phenomenal job. So let me get off that rant. Um, if you're looking to purchase a home in Knoxville, or if you want to sell your home in Knoxville and maybe move to one of the rural parts of Tennessee, um, then you should call my friend Julia Hurley at the Just Homes Group. Just Homes Group is affiliated with Realty Executives in Farragut in West Knoxville. JustHomesGroup.com or just uh, get on Facebook and look for Just Homes Group. You can find all kinds of uh, stuff about Just Homes Group either at their website uh, or on Facebook or um, on Twitter. Uh, and I think she's on Instagram and I know she's on LinkedIn. Julia Hurley of Just Homes Group. Uh, if you're looking to buy or sell, uh, if you're even if you're wanting to find a home in rural Tennessee, Julia Hurley can help you find a home in rural Tennessee. Um, and so Just Homes Group is the website, and the phone number is area code 865-237-7328. That's Julia Hurley of the Just Homes Group affiliated with Realty Executives. If you're a businessman or if you're uh, somebody that's thinking about running for public office um, and you need some strategic help, if you need a strategy for a political campaign or if you need a strategy for your business or if you're already in business and you've got some need to get through some governmental red tape with the local Knoxville, Knox County uh, or the state, uh, nobody better to call than my friend Nick Pavlis at Pavlis Public Strategies. Uh, Nick served two consecutive terms as an at-large city councilman back in the 90s, set out a term and was elected to two more consecutive terms uh, to serve the first district city council. Uh, that's the district that includes South Knoxville and comes across the river a little bit to get the UT and Fort Sanders, I think. Uh, but uh, Nick has successfully won election in Knoxville four times, um, and he uh, he has had an extensive business uh, career uh, working with uh, governmental entities in the state and in counties and in regions. Uh, and he's now um, retired from that, and he's opened up Pavlis Public Strategies, and he is um, um, going to help you. Uh, with anything that you need uh, uh, strategy-wise for your business, 
uh, to get through governmental red tape with all the bureaucrats. I'm not a fan of bureaucrats. You've probably picked that up if you've listened to any of the last 20 episodes of the Brian Hornback podcast because we're on episode 21 now. But anyway, you can also find a Nick on the inter- in- internet, interweb. Uh, it's at pub- pavlispublicstrategies.com, pavlispublicstrategies.com. Or better yet, just give him a call at 865 599 4606. So, what's going on in Knoxville this coming week? Well, we got County Commission is going to meet tomorrow. Uh, they, um, they've got a couple of issues on the agenda. Um, they've got a rezoning coming up that's, um, that may or may not be very well contentious. It's, it's a property out on Beverly Road um, out in the Fountain City area. It's actually been before the County Commission. I guess this will be the. I guess this will be the third time. Let's see. It um, came up in 2019, um, and there really wasn't much of a plan for it. It was just a rezoning, uh, and so <clears throat> the developer went back uh, and worked with the MPC, and uh, they um, and th- they told him uh, uh, these are the kind of things you would need to do if if you're able to fit this this development onto this property. And he did that and he came back uh, to MPC and they approved it. Um, and uh, the, um, the County commission didn't approve it. Uh, and so this is his third time coming back uh, Monday night. Uh, and um, he uh, has the support of the MPC. MPC uh, voted on it. Uh, 13 zero, I believe it was. Um and uh, so, um, again, he's coming back to the county commission tomorrow night. Here's the, here's the issue. Um, if it is rezoned, then the concept plan, which he's already given the concept plan, but <clears throat> with the concept plan that's in pl- that, that he's, he's already presented a preliminary concept plan, okay? And so that's what the commissioners get to vote on. Uh, when they first voted on it in 2018, there really wasn't any concept plan. It was just a, a simple rezoning. Um, but now he's given them a preliminary concept plan for what he wants to do. It's currently zoned industrial and, um, and, and the general residential. So if it stays industrial and general residential, uh, he could build uh, some industrial type buildings uh, for, for commercial businesses. And he could also put some apartments on that property and it would never come back for any additional approval. Uh, but if they go ahead and go with the rezoning that's uh, going on tomorrow evening, uh, not only uh, will he have to come back to the MPC for concept plans and those type things, uh, but there'll, there'll be checks and balances along the way. Um, so, you know, I would think the folks in Fountain City would probably like uh, some single family dwellings um, versus industrial, but you know, I'm an old East Knox County boy, grew up in Sunnyview, graduated from Carter, moved out to Concord in '92, uh, been in bluegrass since '99. So, you know, I don't really know what the folks in Fountain City want, but um, that's kind of the decision of Mar industrial and apartments or single family homes. Um, so that's kind of how I see it. It's kind of where it's at. Um, Merritt Council, you know, we, we've had a lot of, man, there's been a lot of stories since October on the um, Merritt Council um, 
on the Merritt Council Kumbaya meetings with the Sheriff's Department, with Mr. Scott Brules, who's, by the way, kudos to Scott Brules. He got appointed to the Knox County uh, Development Corporation. Uh, no, not the Knox County Development Corporation. Knox Knoxville Community Development Corporation, KCDC. Uh, they do a lot of the um, subsidized housing, apartments, that type of thing. Uh, but Scott Broyles was the citizen representative on there. Uh, three county commissioners, Larson J., Courtney Durrett, and um, Richie Beeler, uh, a member of the uh, Merit Council, chairman now chairman, Gina Oster, and executive director, uh, Paula Taylor, uh, were on there. Uh, and then um, from the sheriff's department, it was Lisette Alva, uh, uh, Lisette something. Uh, she's the Knox County HR director and um, was supposed to be Mike Rubel. He showed up at the first meeting, but then um, uh, Chief Purvis showed up after that for all the other meetings. They really didn't decide on a whole lot in that meeting, but um, Larson J is uh, Commissioner Larson J is now proposing some ordinance changes. Um, and so uh, I put down the, the videos, uh, the video of that meeting from a week ago on the blog uh, on Friday or Saturday. Um, and uh, later tonight, Sunday night, uh, I will put up the actual changes that Larson J has proposed. Uh, that won't be coming up for a couple of months, but, um, but it will be coming up for discussion. Um, you know, look, the men and women of the Knox County Sheriff's Department uh, really haven't gotten anything in the last two years with Sheriff Spangler. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, he's uh, re-stickered the cars. Woo he's um, hired um, as many, if not more, assistant chiefs as the as the previous administration. Um, a lot of people have gotten um, moved from lieutenant to sergeant uh, because of family connections. It would appear, would appear to the reasonable man. Um, and now the sheriff tomorrow wants to build a $1.5 million virtual courtroom out at the detention facility out in, um, Northeast Knox County out off Millertown Pike, Washington Pike. It's not Millertown. It's Washington Pike, uh, out off Washington Pike. Do you hear me? Washington Pike. Anyway. Um, so he wants to expand the detention facility to include a virtual courtroom because during the pandemic, um, a lot of inmates have had to have court proceedings, uh, via electronic form. And yeah, the Supreme court, uh, during the pandemic has said, that's what we need to do, but nobody knows, uh, what the Supreme court is going to say, um, after after the pandemic's over if it's ever going to be over um so we're going to build this courtroom out there we're going to set up some computers and we're going to save a hundred thousand dollars a year in transportation from transporting these inmates from maloneyville road to the city county building the city county building back to maloneyville road we're gonna save a hundred thousand dollars a year on that and commissioner kyle ward asked uh, sheriff spangler what are you gonna do with a hundred thousand dollars i don't know do what? The sheriff said, I don't know what I'm going to do with $100,000 in savings every year. That's what he said last Monday during the commission workshop. 
That's what he said. So Commissioner Ward, when he got the microphone back, he said, well, you know, I'd like that if you get any savings that you would put that into salaries for the officers. And the sheriff said, well, if I had $1.5 million, that's where it would go. Well, hold on a second. You're getting $1.5 to build a virtual courtroom. At least that's what you're asking for. You're asking for $1.5 not for officer raises. You're asking to build a virtual courtroom, which after the pandemic might not ever be used. Um, criminal court clerk Mike Hammond uh, came uh, prepared to the to the virtual um, workshop last Monday and said that all the judges are in agreement. Well, that's just fine and dandy. Um, but we're talking about the government, we're talking about the taxpayers paying $1.5 million for a virtual courtroom that might or might not be used after the pandemic. And, you know, I just hope the county commission thinks about that tomorrow, tonight, tomorrow. Um, <clears throat> And really, I would almost favor just a, a deferral for 30, 90 days to see if Knox County is going to be the last of the 95 counties to get vaccinated and move on beyond the pandemic um, before we invest $1.5 million in um, $1.5 million in um, a virtual courtroom. But anyway, that's my side of the story. We're now almost 22 minutes, and I've been noticing over the back of me, and if you're watching me on YouTube, you see it. There's this bottle that's been bothering me in the background, and it's, I don't know, I don't know how much is left in it, 15%, but it's the Mountain Dew Major Melon. I like Mountain Dew. I don't necessarily like the hard stuff. I love the Mountain Dew Zero. Love the Mountain Dew Zero because it doesn't have the diet Mountain Dew taste. But I thought Major Melon, Melon Mountain Dew, was going to be pretty good. It's okay. I mean, it, but, you know, Mountain Dew is lemon and lime, right? If I'm remembering. And why you would charge that with watermelon, I don't know. I could think of some other things to charge Mountain Dew with. But anyway, if, you know, it's out there. It's a limited edition. Try it. Appreciate y'all tuning in to episode 21 of the Brian Hornback Podcast. And we'll be back with episode 22 sometime in the near future.